1: relationship starts with self so get out of your own way knowing others is intelligence knowing yourself is true wisdom says lao tzu in this episode valeria tellis interviews maria fudas the author of connect with yourself and others With new perspectives, her book will empower you to have more successful connections that will enable you to live your life in awareness, inspired with love, and peace from inside out. Bust through your fears and awaken to more joyful and meaningful relationships. Ask yourself, are you attracting the wrong people in your life? Honoring yourself and your individuality without guilt or fear? Communicating effectively while respecting yourself and others? Consciously loving in a way that the other person feels free? Helping the other person become the best version of themselves? Allowing love, not fear, to lead your relationships? Maria's insights, wisdom, and proven assertive methodologies will help you find answers and solutions for successful transformations. Live, love, dream. Maria Fudas is the youngest of seven children, born into a long line of intuitive and spiritual healers. She is a certified assertiveness and transformational coach who teaches a different way of thinking and communicating. Using her techniques transforms one's life by effectively controlling one's thoughts, emotions, and hence one's reality. This allows for more confidence, stronger connections, and the ability to attract better relationships. Here is the interview with Maria Fudas. In your own words, who is Maria
2: Fudas? Maria Fudas is a transformational coach at the moment. I've been many things at many times. Uh, but at the moment I view myself mostly as a light worker and someone that likes that wants that's inspired to help others to live with peace and love from the inside out.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Maria. My first questions, I call them warm up questions. They come before uh, we talk about the topics in your book, connect with
2: yourself and others. The
0: first official question is what is
2: life? Life, life, that's a good question, because life could be many things at many times, but in overall life is, is a journey. I've come to realize uh, through my experiences and my uh, different, um, you know, not traumas, but different uh, uh, obstacles that I had to overcome, that life really is a journey that you, uh, uh, it's best when you embrace it and you go with the flow. So life, I look at it almost like a dream, where you're in a dream and everything is kind of flowing. It's like uh, different chapters are coming in your life, uh, and um, different experiences. So it's a it's a series of experiences that form life, and it's a and your choices are what uh, is a direct reflection to those experiences. So it's really about a series of choices that we make that um, that that forms our experiences, our life. And it's a journey, and it's basically taking the good, the bad, the in-between, and embracing it, learning from it, growing, and becoming the best version of yourself. Yeah, I like that. What is the opposite of life? The opposite of life, I think, is uh, fear, really, is uh, not living your life. It's living uh, in fear and not allowing yourself to embrace and live in awe and experience all the beauty and wonder that life has to offer. Wow. That's a great answer.
0: <laughs> I love that. The opposite of life's fear, right? What does it mean to
2: be free? What is freedom to you? Freedom is forgiveness, forgiving yourself and forgiving others. Because if we can't forgive and let go of perhaps uh, what we've done, and I've come to you know, a lot of uh, clients that I coach, and a lot of people that I know have a struggle with uh, a lot of times forgiving others, but a lot of times it's also forgiving ourselves. Uh, and if you can't forgive yourself and let go of the past or what could have been, should have been, or what you could have done, then you will never live in peace. And uh, likewise, if you can't forgive others for mistakes, perhaps they could, they would have done because they they lived in fear and they were unconscious and aligned with their authentic self, then you cannot live... Uh, live um, live with freedom either, because then you're always giving your power away to those other people. And you're giving ultimately giving your power to, to fear and to not forgiveness. Forgiveness, I, I feel, is the ultimate freedom.
0: You just mentioned fear
2: again. Do you connect forgiveness with fear? Yes, there's two primary emotions, that everything else stems out of it. One is fear and one is love. So, of course, forgiveness is part of the love aspect, but everything that you're feeling that makes you pretty much. And again, you uh, you've read my book, so you probably see I talk about uh, our body and how we feel. Anytime you're feeling off and you're not feeling comfortable and peaceful, you're living. It's a fear based emotion or thought that you're having, whether it's not forgiving, whether it's um, someone that you're fearful for or anxiety or uh, guilt. Any of those emotions that come from anxiety or guilt stem from fear, and that's exactly what the opposite is of love. And that's why I said earlier when you asked me what the opposite of life is, is fear, because life is love. If you live it uh, properly and you live it um, the way we're meant to live it, and once you align with yourself and live with peace within yourself and love, then ultimately there is no fear. And I'm talking about the illusion of fear, because we're always safe and we're always provided for. Uh, and things happen, but that's okay because ultimately everything works out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you just mentioned love too. That's one of my question warm-up questions. And you said love is life. Can you elaborate a bit more about
2: your definition of love? Love is really, really who we truly are. Is what I believe, and what I've, from all the research that I've read, and all the and all the masters that I've uh, that I've read up to. So love really is the true essence of who we truly are. Love is who we are. Love is, it's not just an action that we take. And obviously it's a, it's a verb and a noun, but it's also the true essence of who we are individually as people. And we're connected with that love with oneness. And anytime you're not acting or feeling love, that's when you're feeling off. You're feeling the fear, you're feeling anxiety or any of those emotions that make your sympathetic nervous system activated. That's everything that has to do without love. So once you align yourself with the love, your authentic, powerful self and all that magical energy around us, then you're always aligned with love. Once you align yourself with your your spirit, your authentic self, you're always living out of love. And that's really what mastering yourself is. And that's my purpose. That's my purpose here in life is to help everyone uh, try to master themselves so they're able to live with that uh, love from within. That's truly the only thing that's... That's true. Everything else is just an illusion. It's almost like a dream. Right. That is
0: so interesting because I often make this relationship between love and connection. When we feel connected to ourselves and everything, others and the world, that's when the feeling arises that we call love. Exactly. And that's interesting that your book, um, the title, Big Letters Connect, right? That's a powerful message. Uh, Continuing with my warm up questions, um, what do you think is the world's greatest need?
2: The world's greatest need, I feel, is more light workers. It's more people being awakened to what you said now, being connected with themselves, being connected with everything that's around us, the oneness. So it's more light workers to help people awaken, and then it's really having more awakened people to this uh, fact. And once the more people we have awakened with higher vibrations, then the less fear we have, the less wars we have, the less everything that's negative in the world stems from fear. Because really, uh, Valeria, you know, fear, fear. You only have to defend something when it's when you don't feel safe about it. When it's not, uh, you don't have to defend anything that's real, basically, right? So defending something really comes stems from fear stemming from fear that you know if it's religion that all the other people are going to take over or my religion is going to cease if it's politics it's the same thing when there's love there's a oneness so everybody's allowed to have their perceptions whether they differ from yourself or others uh but it uh, but really that's uh that's really what it is
0: so i will take this opportunity to explore more the topic of fears with my questions why do you think so many of us are afraid of death?
2: Yeah, a lot of us, I feel, are um, afraid of death because, again, it comes, stems from fear, as you know, and recognizing and thinking that there's, uh, there's an end. There's not an end. Anything, that, uh, anything, anything that's energy basically transforms. Energy cannot die. Einstein has said this, and it's not just spiritual stuff. Einstein has said this energy transforms. So we're energy, that's all we are. We're a conscience, our spirit is a conscience, divine energy, but even our bodies, everything is just energy. And energy does not die. I mean, if you look at the leaves, if you look at the trees, they fall, they go into the soil, then they, they, they bring out flowers, they bring out grass. If you look at ice, if you look at water, energy does not die, okay? It just changes form. So if you recognize that there is no death, really, not in the sense that people think, I Yes, perhaps our physical body not dies, transforms, right? It turns into ashes, goes into the earth, whatever. But we not, don't ultimately die because we tra- just transform. Our consciousness, our divine consciousness just transforms, changes form, and just doesn't have this physical body anymore. That's all it is. If you recognize that, then there's no no reason to be afraid of death.
0: I agree. So perhaps what causes this fear of losing the body, it might be the attachment to it and the lack of trust, right?
2: Yes. And of course, when you say attachment to it, of course, the, the key of being aware and mastering yourself is, of course, I'm human and I'm in, in this physical body. So of course, we all have attachments and that's a work in progress. You know, I'm a work in progress as well. But of course, attachment is a big thing. And that's something we We come here to this, you know, to Mother Earth, into this universe to try to overcome the attachments. Uh, And uh, I'm getting better, much better than I was when I was younger uh, to let go of things, material stuff and things that are not important. And you realize as you become as you master yourself that what's important really is 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 not material. Everything stems uh, from from the non-attachments, from your authentic self. Uh, And that said, though, I mean, we we, as we come into this universe, we do come into the physical bodies. And with that comes the ego, comes all the attachments, which is stemmed from ego. And I talk about that in my book. You could address it after if you want. But, you know, with our ego, obviously comes the fear and comes all this stuff. And that's okay because that's what we're here for. And we're never going to overcome the fear completely. But we're here to try to master ourselves. That's really what I believe our purpose is to try to to recognize that we're a divine consciousness and to master ourselves the best that we can. That's what ultimately our purpose is. Yeah. So I was
0: about to ask that question. What is the purpose of our lives or your life, but in the way you're already
2: said? Yes. And also, and I believe also our purpose is to be happy. That's what it's not about. uh, It's really about being happy and living your life, being happy, living a good life. I mean, you could have things, bad things. We have the coronavirus. We have things, things, bad things could be happening around us. But in the process, it doesn't mean that you could not be happy. And of course, happiness is an inside job. And I talk about that in my books and in my coaching. It's not something that comes from the outside. Once you master yourself and you align with yourself, you're within. It's an inside job. You make yourself love and happiness is inside. Once you feel that peacefulness from the inside and that happiness, it doesn't matter what's happening outside. And really, that's what our purpose is, is to live a happy life, to live a peaceful life. And and of course, it piggybacks to what I said earlier, because in order to do do that, really, you have to align with your inner self and you have to align with that inner love. And you have to become aware, awakened. And when you master yourself, that's really what it means. That's what transformation means. That is so
0: true, though, because it's really challenging to enjoy life if we don't know who we are and we don't trust. Without trust, it's very hard to relax, isn't it?
2: Exactly. And once you, once you, like you said, trust or believe or have faith, these are all different words that kind of, kind of mean the same thing. And it doesn't mean, of course, it's a blind trust. It just means knowing, in a deep knowing within you that everything is going to be okay. And, and the way you do that is by also taking control of your mind and uh, trying to control those uh, false assumptions, those perceptions. And, um, and, of course, that's part of self-mastery. And, of course, as you know, in my book, I talk a lot about that. And I give tools and perspectives and tactics in order to be able to achieve that objective of how to be able to control your thoughts. Because, uh, as you know, Valeria, your, uh, your, your thoughts create your emotions, and your and your emotions is what creates your vibrations that people feel and that goes out to the universe and what boomerang's back to you so by controlling your thoughts by that's the first step of learning to be able to master yourself yeah
0: i have two more questions warm up questions before i move on to the details about your book what is your greatest joy
2: my greatest joy is actually of course i have Beautiful twins. My children are a great joy, and they're uh, they're fabulous. I'm very blessed. They're uh, they're awesome human beings, and they're both uh, they're both wonderful, and they're uh, they're very empathetic. Uh, and uh, I don't know how, but I guess I've done a good job because they're wonderful beings. I can't believe it myself. They're they're really amazing, and they're assertive, and they're the ones that aspire me each time to become the best version of myself and to be my best self. Uh, but my greatest joy beyond that also is when I get a testimonial from a client that I've coached, that or I've done a workshop, or and they come back to me with a testimonial that is life-changing for them. I can't explain, uh, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking of that, I can't explain the, the feeling that is felt when you recognize you have the power with something which is just words for me, perhaps, or it's just my beliefs able to uh, change someone's life so drastically. And I'm talking about people that perhaps were uh, had depressions or anxiety, were under medications, had gone to psychologists, psychiatrists, and they weren't able to be helped by them. I'm not putting their work down. I mean, everything piggy banks off everything else. But being able to transform someone's life once, they, uh, once somebody applies the tools and techniques I give them, is and getting that testimonial, uh, having them uh, write that to you—that you've changed their life uh, from living out of fear and anxiety—is. Uh, I mean, I imagine that. I mean, being able to do that for someone, right? It's it's inexplicable. It's un it's unexplainable the feeling that comes with that, and it's uh, and it leaves me it leaves me in awe, basically. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, there's nothing better than serving. Yes. That feeling of putting something out there that is of great and immense value, as you are doing. So my last question is about God. Do you ever use the word God? And um, is God, the idea of God, connected to love?
2: Of course. And I use the word God all the time. Uh, I do use the word universe as well, because, you know, I've got to respect people's beliefs. Some people... Perhaps believe, believe there is no God. I mean, I I can't imagine that because it's evident around us that each time. I know God exists, but there's different words. People in spirituality and you know a lot of the millennials, a lot of the younger generation now is turning atheist, and you know they're thinking they're not. There's no God, but you know what? So I, I what I do is, uh, and I'm Christian, you know, so I believe in all of Jesus teachings, and that's really what I teach if you come down to it. But you know, words like universe, spirit uh, God, these are all words. They're all mean the same to me anyways, whether I use the word universe or God to me really is just the word. It doesn't matter what word someone uses. So I try to go with what, so I have clients in different religions. Uh, so what I do is depending on what their religion is and what their belief is, I will use the word that they're comfortable with to make them understand that there's definitely a higher power that connects us all. There's almost like this magical power that's, uh, That's uh, almost like an orchestra, like, you know, what do you call it, the composer? That kind of like, uh, what do you call those people, you know, with the music that kind of like, uh, um, yes, that, yeah, so that kind of like orchestrate everything together. So definitely, I mean, there's a higher power that connects us all that kind of works with us to, uh, to, to bring the reality that we believe is our reality. So definitely, I believe there's a God. A higher power, whether you call it universe or spirit, and yes, it's connected to 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 love because that's what love is. We're ultimately love. Like I said, really, we're the true essence of love. So imagine we're we're oneness. Whether you want to use the God, the universe, God, or universe source, there's so many words people use that they're comfortable with. But even if you take source, it's the earth. I mean, we're part of the earth, right? If you take the word God, we're we're part of God. We're we're part of that energy. And even if you believe God is a a person up there, an old man, you know, looking down on us, you know, he's, you're part of that DNA. So imagine when you have, I have children, they have my DNA. So in some essence, they have a part of me in them. So imagine that. So whether, whatever word you want to use, you have part of that essence within yourself, that pure energy love. And that's the part with my teachings and my book, that's the part I help people connect with. That love energy, which is connected to God, the source, the universe, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. And that's within yourself. It's your soul, your authentic self. That's who you are. And that's where you're connected. That's where the pure energy love is.
0: Yeah, I love that, Maria. It goes back to the word, the, the title of your book, a part of the title, Connection, right? Everything's connected.
2: Yes. And that's the title that actually came to me from the universe. When I was going to write my book originally, it was going to be just about relationships and that the word connect kept popping up. And I said, well, that has to be the the the, the title of my book. But then of course I put all the other things so people could understand what the book is about. But connect was really the word that came out for me, for my book.
0: Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful word. So Let's talk about your book. My first question is about the inspiration. What was the main inspiration to write the book, Connect With Yourself and Others?
2: There's, uh, there's a few inspirations. So the, my main inspiration is, uh, as I write in my book, there's no secret, I have gone through some triumphs. I have been married a couple of times. And really, um, after my second separation, I, I really wanted to become the best version of myself. I was led into that path. And and trying to do so, of course, I did a lot of, uh, I read a lot of books, research, and in that experience, I got a new sense of spirituality that really, it helped me understand, like I was saying earlier, how to master myself. And with that, uh, it gave me an empowerment and an inspiration. And that's really what what triggered everything, and then that was the catalyst, because then I wanted to share my tools and tactics with others. Because I wanted to help others also to be able to master themselves and to be able to help others uh, to change their habits and also bring them uh, and of course by doing so uh, doing so by giving them a higher sense of awareness and self awareness so they could live with that internal love and not with the fear
0: right right. Your book, it's about transformation, the subtitle, one of which is Seven Transformational Principles. So I guess I have a question about transformation. What propels transformation? What drives us to change in deep ways?
2: I believe, and I've seen this in many people and with myself as well. I believe, uh, and that's what I feel actually, that the, and I, I've seen that. And with myself, like I said, as well, transformation really, most of the time, Happens when someone um, has some uh, traumatic events or just some uh, challenges in their life, and then when we're looking for answers, basically, because the uh, because the when we're because the all the answers are in the questions. So when we're looking out there and we want to find those answers to the questions, that's when transformation starts. That's when we realize we need to change form. We need something is not working or something. What is it that everybody, you know, what is it that everybody else knows? Or what is it, what's our purpose? My main questions are, were, are, were, what's my purpose? Is this all there is? And what am I here for? Right? And when you ask those questions deeply, and everybody, I believe, not everybody, but most people come into a stage in their lives that ask that. And sometimes, you know, it could be a divorce, it could be a death, uh, it could be, and sometimes, you know, the universe or God gives us, you know, it could be our own health problem. That 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 the cause some people it's that that causes them to look a little bit more internally and see hey what's going on is this all there is sometimes it could be this uh, coronavirus that's going on or different things that happen in the universe that questions people but always I feel it, it stems from transformation really starts when someone has something challenging occurring in their life and that causes them to ask the hard questions and when they seek for the answers that's when transformation starts.
0: Wow. so i'm wondering if there could be transformation without challenges there could
2: be uh there could be uh depending i feel on different individuals how they're brought up uh and some people are born i mean uh, you know i look at my twins of course they they they're, they're going to transform in their lives with experiences our experiences we we you know and to go back all of us transform daily, right? We are all changing. We're all evolving. We're all growing in a daily process. So that's a sense of transformation. So there's no way that you're going to stay still like anything, right? If you stay still, you die, basically. So if you flatline, you're dead. So overall, we're always evolving and growing. Now, the, the word whether you transform in a sense that you're awakened, or uh, that, which I call awakened, or you have self-mastery, that's when I feel a lot of times uh, it takes some challenging uh, a- areas in your life or the teachings that you're that you're born with. Like with my twins now, I find it's funny that I mean, they're they're pretty awakened because that's how I teach them. That's how I brought, bring them up. Uh, unfortunately, most of us don't have you know, a coach or an awakened, inspired, self master person next to them. And I didn't either. So I had to learn these for myself. And of course, you can do it by reading up and by wanting to. That's all it is, is by wanting to.
0: Yeah, is the desire. The desire. Right. But sometimes
2: the challenges are the the catalyst for the desire.
0: True. Yeah, so true. So um, before we talk about the seven connect principles, what is the
2: connect philosophy? So the connect philosophy is exactly that. It's... uh, it's transforming to connect with your authentic self. It's to align with who you truly are. And that's when you're, um, when you aligned with your authentic self, it allows you to become more authentic. And it also allows you to find and understand your own limiting beliefs and what the root of your insecurities are. So that's really where the connection starts. Once you become more authentic, and it's great because, you know, people will feel that. But then also, once you understand your own limiting beliefs and the root of your insecurities are... And in my book, I, I, you know, I I tweak it more towards relationships, but this is for anything in your life. Once you understand what the root of your insecurities are, then you're able to transform and evolve and live a better life. But if you don't connect with yourself, if you don't align with your authentic self, you will never be able to see what your limiting beliefs or the root of your insecurities are. You're always going to be living, um, reacting instead of kind of knowing why you're reacting and acting in certain ways.
0: That's true. Yeah. And in a way, it goes back to, it seems like it always goes back to self-knowledge, self-awareness. It starts here. It doesn't start out there.
2: And exactly. And in order to be, you know, I'm not a serviness coach, but so in order to just be uh, assertive or self-aware, become assertive or transform, they're all kind of stemmed together. It takes a degree of awareness and self-awareness and it takes confidence. And of course, it takes the connection with self. You cannot do it otherwise. If you're not connected with yourself, how can you fundamentally be connected with anyone else? It doesn't People don't recognize that. And uh, I mean, uh, as a coach, I have a lot of people that come, whether it's their relationships with other people, and they're always looking on the outside for the problems. But really, the it stems from the inside, right? So it, everything stems from the inside. If you're looking only on the outside, you will never truly understand what the root is of those insecurities and fears uh, are based on. Yeah,
0: so true, Maria, so true. So the first principle is communicate assertively. I have lots of questions here. I'll try not to uh, get too focused on one so we can go through all of them. So let me see. The first question is what is to communicate assertively and how do we learn to do it?
2: Okay, so luckily, uh, uh, being assertive and communicating assertively is a mode of communication and a state of being that uh, that can be learned and perfected over time. So you can learn it by reading my book and my tools. And um, I'll soon have a program coming out as well, which I give communication, uh, effective communication tools and techniques that are effective in order for you to be able to effectively uh, communicate with someone else. But of course, it's also a state of being. It's a state of being. That's where the confidence and the connection with self comes in, right? Because it has a, it's a reflection of your inner confidence and uh, your focused energy that then goes on the outside. And of course, you know, being communicating assertively and, and uh, effectively is doing it uh, without being argumentative, without being accusatory, and without being offensive. And it's really a mode of communication that allows you to get your needs met without doing all that and without being apologetic either.
0: Oh, wow. I love the first one. You have factors. You have eight of them, eight factors under communicate assertively. And and the first one is believe in yourself. So we have been talking about that self-awareness, self-knowledge, going back to self. And the title of your book wonderfully says, connect with yourself comes first, and then others. So I guess my next question is about self-love. What is your definition of self-love?
2: Self-love is accepting yourself and recognize that you're perfect no matter what it may appear on the outside or no matter what someone else may think. It's about loving every aspect of yourself, even the parts that you may deem unlovable, even parts that... um, whether it's your body, whether it's character flaws, or whether it's any handicaps you may have, recognize that God does not make mistakes. You are nothing, everything that you're, you're the way you are for a reason. Even though you may not recognize it yet, you know, as soon, you know, as your life goes on, you will recognize why those reasons are. Um, And basically it's exactly that. It's loving yourself limitless, without limitation loving every single aspect of yourself, whether even the ones that you don't think are lovable. Uh, and a lot of times it's the body, you know, as women and character. So it's loving yourself without condition, loving yourself no matter what, and recognizing even if it's if you're not perfect, you're perfect as you are, you're a work in progress. And this is what we're here for. We're here on Mother Earth. We're here to be able to learn and grow. That's what, that's what our purpose, part of our purpose is here. So that's okay. You don't have to be perfect because you know what? Nobody is. That's the beauty of it, right? And everybody has their insecurities. You have them, I think, I don't know if you do, but I know I have lots of insecurities and I have to deal with them every day. And, uh, and I, you know, everybody does. So recognize that that that's, nobody's perfect. We're all perfect as we are though.
0: I absolutely have to use the word love again. I love that idea of learning to love our imperfections or imperfections in general. And can you give us an example of what that would look like, Maria, to love our imperfections?
2: Loving your imperfections really looks like having the inner peace and, uh, and the happiness that I was talking about earlier is uh, truly knowing that... Um, what, recognizing, first of all, what your purpose is here. And our purpose here is to live. So if, you're, if it's your body that you feel is imperfect, recognize the purpose. Going back to the basics and knowing what the purpose for your body is. Your purpose for your body is not to look, you know, to be, you know, to have the perfect, uh, whether it's uh, your bottom, your top, your nose, your eyes, whatever you, you're focusing or don't like about yourself. Recognize on what the purpose is. Your legs are here to, to walk. They're not, you know, don't focus on the cellulite, focus on the fact that you're able to walk and that if you're able to walk, right. And if you're not able to walk, then focus on, you know, on the gratitude and what it is that you're able to do. So whatever body part that you don't feel lo- that you don't love, focus on what it's, uh, purposes. If it's your stomach you know, of course I'm a woman, so I'm basing on, on that. If you have children recognize, you know, you have children or your digestive system is working properly. Now, if it's your character, if you feel you can't forgive someone and you're or you can't forgive yourself, recognize that's OK, because that's how you're learning, you know, slowly as you're able to 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 change your character. And if you work within yourself, you will be able to. And that's the only thing, you know. And once people work within themselves, they are able to live with the love and peace. But you have to want to do the work. You can't. Nothing happens without work. You know, and that's the thing. I have I have people that say, oh, my God, it's so much work to deal with what you're thinking all the time. Well, everything is work, right? What you're doing right now is work. I mean, what we're doing right now is a sense of work. So life, I mean, otherwise just lie down and die. You know what I mean? Everything is work. But everybody can achieve love and peace from the inside out and happiness. I know because I have.
0: Wow. I really agree with you that, yeah, the work that you say in the way I translate into action. Everything's action. So we are constantly acting. And that's interesting. Life becomes so much interesting when we begin to choose better and to see things better. And then our actions reflect the way we feel and the way we think. And that's when everything changes. And I love the way you brought gratitude into it, too, uh, as part of self-love, connected with uh, acceptance,
2: Yes. And of course, you know, when you're grateful, as you know, when you're grateful about something and when you accept something and you're and you recognize the, what it's uh, uh, what it's there for, then you, you know, the anger leaves, the hatred leaves, the fear leaves. When you focus on what's good, when you focus on on the, that power, the power of love and what's good, then the other negative emotions that are fear based and ego based kind of they have no choice but to leave. Because if you're focusing on your cellulite, you realize, oh my God, I'm so lucky I'm able to go to the washroom or get up, you're, then you're focusing less on that cellulite. You know what I mean? True.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they cannot coexist in a way. Yeah. Exactly. We cannot focus on the negative and positive at the same time.
2: Yeah. And, it, and we need both for contrast, right? And that's how we learn.
0: Yeah. Lessons. True. True.
2: So my next
0: question is about self-care. I guess some people confuse self-care with self-love. Um, do you see a difference between them?
2: Well, of course, if you don't love yourself, you're not going to take care of yourself. There is a difference, but everything stems from self-love. Everything. If you don't love yourself, then you're not going to take care of yourself and nothing's going to happen. So, of course, love is the main thing. And uh, if, you, if you live uh, out of love, which is who you truly are, then you have self-love. And when you have self-love and when you're fully con- fully connected with your spirit, your authentic self, then, you know, you have to take, you would take care of yourself automatically. But that's why I'm putting it in my book, because to make it aware that people, that self-care is vital. You know, if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else will. So you have to take care. And that's why, you know, when we go on the airplane, they have to tell us to put the ox- oxygen mask on ourselves first, because it's kind of our, our, our sense we we're, we're programmed that way to want to take care of everybody else first so sometimes that's what they have to tell us put your mask on first so that's why i put it in my book too that you have to take care of yourself first it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're selfish people sometimes think they're selfish it's not if you if you're if you're living and um, or acting out of an empty cup uh, then you know then you can't you can't help anybody else If you're not happy within, how are you going to teach someone else happiness? How are you going to make your kids happy? You can, not because you may try, but your energy is going to be felt, right? So that's why it's important. Self-care is important. You have to be living with an overflow glass. So your happiness and your inner peace is flowing outside you, because that's really what happens. It's what's, what's coming outside you. What's inside comes outside no matter what.
0: Yes, true. I asked the question because I, for so many years I was making this mistake. I thought that taking care of myself had a lot to do. It was loving myself. And in the end, I found out that I was taking care of myself to please others. And that was the awakening, one of my um, awakening points. And that's why I asked the question, because we tend to do that a lot.
2: Yes. And, and, and sorry, Avila, I was going to say, I mean, you're going to get there. But towards the end of my book, I see you. Re- I, I, I do give a, a people a tool as to how to see whether you're acting out of fear and ego and whether you're acting out of love. And we could discuss that afterwards the transformation. Oh, yeah, that's the second one is
0: no ego. So um, before. Yeah, I have another question about loving ourselves. Is that how do we balance loving ourselves fully and also
2: loving others? Can we do that at the same time? Of course, because love is, is endless. It's, uh, it's endless. There is you there. It's not like it's going to run out, right? It's if you don't have love, then, then it's a different story. But when you're loving yourself, then you're automatically, once you're connected with yourself and your authentic self, and you connect in with everybody in the oneness, which is the next principle that you'll probably talk about. Once you're connected with everybody and everyone then automatically you should feel love and empathy for everyone else, and you will. If you don't feel love and empathy with anybody else, then you're not connected with your authentic self, which is the love. There's, there's no way, uh, you, you're not self-mastered and living with love. You follow what I mean? Like, there's no way. Uh, whatever's inside goes on the outside automatically. So if you're not able to give empathy and kindness to others, that really means that you may think you love yourself, But it's more of an ego-based love and not a true authentic love that's really uh, connecting with yourself, your authentic self and everything around you.
0: Right. And that's funny. I know you said the word think, we think. I I think this is so obvious when we are not living from that place because, yeah, automatically we'll be unhappy. It's easy to get frustrated, um, angry, unhappy, anxious. Yeah. Yeah
2: criticizing yourself or maybe uh, being more critical about yourself, right? You think you love yourself, but then you're like, Oh, how come I look like this? Oh my God, I don't look so good. Look at my hair. So that's, that's really stems. Yeah. That's not really authentically being deep down connected with that authentic love energy. That's, that's powerful.
0: Yeah. And I agree. One of the, the measurements against inner peace, when you are at peace, then it says a lot to yourself that you're, you are living from the right place. So let's talk about oneness and no ego. You talk about the factor number nine called my attention a lot because you talk about the three C's: criticizing, condemning, complaining. That we just mentioned. That's coming from fear. So my first question: What is the ego, and what is like to live with no ego? Hmm.
2: So we'll take the first step first. What is ego? I explain it in my book as, of course, ego is the same thing as fear. And ego, the way I I believe it and the way I explain it as well is, uh, first of all, it stems from the word ego, which is a Greek word, which means one. So one is solitary, it means uh, me, and that's exactly the direct translation from Greek, and that's where it comes from. So living out of ego is really, first of all, not recognizing the oneness with everybody, thinking that you're alone and that you're not connected and intertwined with everything and everyone. And of course, this coronavirus shows us very much how connected and dependable we are with everyone. So, uh, So the ego is that, and the ego is what causes fear, because if you believe you're alone, then obviously you'll have fear because you're, you're, there's no oneness. There, you're, you don't believe that there's anybody out there looking out for you or taking care of you, uh, which I, you know, I believe the we are connected with a magical, powerful energy, whether you want to call it God or universe, and we're connected through our spirit, through our our soul or our authentic self, whatever word you want to use. It's all the same thing. So that's really what ego is, and you know, and uh, and ego is the same thing as fear. Because the opposite of love is fear, right? And love is who we truly are. So if you're not connected with your authentic self, you're living out of fear, which is out of ego-based assumptions and false assumptions and perceptions. And of course, I'm going to mention it also, before I explain what it's life is like to live without ego, Einstein, and I have this quote in my book as well, Einstein said, ego is one over knowledge, right? So one, of course, he says that because one, that's what ego means. It means, one, it's uh, solitary. Uh, and also, it's over knowledge. So the more knowledge you have, he says, the less ego you have. So, of course, the more knowledge you have, the less fear you will have. If you're not, um, if you're, if you're not um, informed, then that's when fear comes. If you're not, If you don't address your fears and your insecurities and what your limiting beliefs are, the more fear you will have. And that stems all from ego, stems from your false self. Which, I, which comes from your body version of yourself, not your authentic self, which is your spirit, your soul that's connected with, the, with God in the universe. But it comes from your body self, which is the, the false self. That's temporary, right? Body is temporary, like we talked about earlier. Of course, the body will die eventually. Not die, but it will transform. But it will leave. But your soul, your authentic self, that will just transform out of your body. And that's the true self. The more knowledge you have, the less fear you will have. And of course, then you will live with love and not from the ego. And to answer your second question, that's what exactly living out of ego is. It's being, feeling love and peace, literally from the inside out for yourself and for all humankind, for everything that's around you, animals, plants and everyone and everything in the universe, being empathetic, being kind, forgiveness. All the words that make you feel good, basically, that's what it is living out of ego. Anytime you're feeling your sympathetic nervous system activated and you're worried or you have anxiety or anything mm. like that, then you're living out of ego.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you talk about the three C's, the criticizing, condemning, complaining, all that um, it's connected to fear.
2: Of course, and and you know there's no reason to complain cr- criticize, and condemn if you're living out of love. You recognize that we're all the same, we're all doing the best we can. but also, I mentioned that in my book because uh, even you know and I'm uh, you know i I believe I've self mastered myself and i'm my work in progress every day, but still, you know sometimes you know it goes in the back of my mind to either criticize myself or complain. it's just it's it's normal because we're living here in this universe, and we're here to learn and grow, and I'm learning. Every day, and I'm I'm a, 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 a learning every day and growing every day, right? So it's normal to do so. It's I put that in there because it's a way to catch yourself. So if you're about to complain, criticize, or condemn yourself, or your relationship, or anyone else, it's to catch yourself, stop yourself, become aware of it, and stop it because it's like a virus. Complaining, or criticizing, and condemning is like a virus. It will eat up everything within yourself and around you. It's just like a computer virus. It will affect every single, um, every single uh, aspect of your life, starting from the inside.
0: So true. So true. So true. I really like that. And I often say that um, not living without eager, I don't use that, but I say that being free, fearless is to be free to love. So, in a way, it's exactly what you said in different words, just being free to love. Would you like to go through three? You talk about notice a new perspective, be mindful and aware. Uh, you also mentioned fear. So fear is another theme on the third principle. And then one thing that I, uh, you talk about is comfort. Uh, comfort is your enemy. Can we learn to be uncomfortable while being in comfort? Is that possible to unite them?
2: Yes. So like like we said earlier, so so basically address the fear, going back to the fear, address it. So basically, if you're feeling fearful, and I have a three-step process there before you act or react. So the first one is pause. If you're feeling fearful, pause. Stop. Stop what you're doing at that moment and take a deep breath. Open up your airwaves. And of course, breath is a powerful medicine and it's free for everyone. And it opens up your chakras, it opens up your flow, And it's uh, and it's free. So just pause and breathe for a second, right? And then reflect. The third thing is reflect. Go within yourself, and that's what I call. I have a Greek word called mesocize, which is really not exercising your outside body, which everybody seems to be, you know, more obsessed about. But you know, go more internally and reflect. Why is it that you're afraid? What is it about the situation or that person that's causing you to be afraid? You know. So, for example, of course, you know, you know, before I go in a workshop or when I'm doing an event, I feel a little bit nervousness but instantly I use these tools as well. I pause, I take a deep breath. And of course I know I got this. I know the information, I'm prepared. So there's no reason to be afraid. It's only a false fear, right? Because that's not, and it's normal to feel a little anxious because that means you're alive, right? If you don't feel any fear at all. So that's the difference. That's That's where you're just out of your comfort zone. So it's not a real fear. And that's why it's also important to reflect because you want to address, is it real fear? you know, is there a bear chasing you or is there, you know, somebody, you know, with a knife behind you, then you're able to assess and see, is it real fear? But if most of the time, you know, 90% of the time, it's not real fear we're feeling. Most of the time, it's either we feel guilty, we feel anxious about something. And Mike Mark Twain said it best, the worst things in our life never even happened. So if you're fearful of things that don't happen, so basically, if you're, if you're, you are you address the fear, the, the answers are all in the questions. So address the fear, pause, catch yourself instantly, breathe, take three deep breaths in, and I go uh, deeply into the book about that. Take three deep breaths in, that opens your airflow. And also at that moment, it makes your mind stop, stop from thinking you know, of stuff that perhaps doesn't make, is not necessary to think. So at that moment, you could generally go inside with an open mind, And go into yourself, connect with yourself, align with your authentic self and reflect. Ask yourself, is this real fear? Why am I afraid right now? Why am I feeling like this? And then your authentic self will always answer back to you and tell you, okay, this is why you're feeling like this. And then you know, it's just out of your comfort zone. And you know, anytime you're doing something new, it's normal you're going to feel out of your comfort zone. You know, when you're feeling comfortable, it means nothing's changing. So so if you're if you're starting a new business, when I wrote my book, of course, I felt that anxiousness. Of course, it's normal, though. But I didn't allow it to overpower me and take over me. I was aware that it was just a normal sensation of being alive that, yeah, I care about it. So I'm anxious, of course, a little bit. And I wanted to be able to go to the right hands and to be able to help people. And of course, I wanted to make sure everything was written properly in a way that people could grasp it. So, of course, that's that's just being uh, or, you know, in certain areas, if you're doing something new, you might feel out of your comfort zone. Uh, if you're not do- used to doing podcasts or if you're not used to doing speaking events or if it's a new job, of course, you're going to feel that, that that anxiety a little bit. But that's when you, if you do the three step process that I te- teach you and you do it effectively and you practice it, pause instantly, breathe and then reflect and bring yourself back and tell yourself, hey, I'm prepared. I got this and keep breathing until you fear the calmness within yourself and only act or react once you feel the calmness within yourself.
0: What a great suggestion. Yeah, because from that place, we'll take wise actions, right, Maria?
2: Exactly. And and that's when you will be assertive. That's when you'll be loving. And that's when you won't act or react in a way that's out of your ego or fear-based thoughts, assumptions, or perceptions. That's when you have a clear mind and you're like, Okay, why am I feeling angry at uh, Valeria or Maria right now? Why am I angry at Maria? Okay, yeah, she did something awful, but you know what? She probably didn't know or she didn't mean it that way. Like, why are you taking it personally? You know, you're able to go a little bit more introspective, a little bit more within yourself and say, why am I taking this personally? Why am I offended that Maria said, she doesn't like my hair? Go a little bit within yourself and recognize, who cares? That's just her thoughts. That's just her perception. It really means nothing. So it allows you to bring the truth. Connecting with yourself and your authentic self always allows you to bring back what is true versus what's an illusion.
0: Right. That is so wonderful. And you have so many great suggestions. To live in the moment is the fourth one. Live in spirit and be inspired. That's a wonderful thing to do that goes back to love. And... um The Purpose of Relationships, there are so many great advice and suggestions and teachings that you have there. So it's a great, great book that I have learned from myself. Uh, This is the end of the interview. I have a few questions for you. Final questions, I think two or three. Before that, would you like to add anything or um, read a passage in your book, Maria?
2: I've written a few poems, as you know, in my book. Here's one of them. Perfect me, I am not perfect, nor do I strive to be. I am always evolving, always growing, always transforming into the best version of me. I am better than I was yesterday. I am not perfect, but I am perfect just as I am. In the newest version of me, I am exactly where I should be.
0: Yes, a thousand times to that. So my final questions, what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself?
2: The hardest lesson to learn about myself is to realize that I'm perfect the way the way I am, first of all, and that to, to kind of enjoy the journey and to live in awe, which is exactly what transformation means, right? It's to live in awe and enjoy the journey. It's uh, recognizing that Everything kind of is also uh everything that happens in my life is a, is directly um, happening the reality that i 'm sending out through my feelings and my thoughts is really what comes back to me and once i'm able to control my thoughts and live in love and peace, more love and peace comes to me and it's really about enjoying the journey literally a living in awe. look at the little things and and appreciate the little things, you know, and there's miracles all over us. Like Einstein said, you know, we're surrounded by miracles. So to be able to to appreciate all the little miracles that are around me, instead of looking at the negative, which is what I would probably, like most people, this is what I used to do before too. I used to look at what wasn't working, you know, the problems instead of looking at what was working and the solutions. So now I focus more on what is great in my life and whatever isn't, I try to manage it and do the best of it. So it's really living in awe and, and loving everything that's surrounding me, whether it's good or bad. And if it isn't very good, trying to learn what the lesson is there for me, which is a gift, and then to grow, evolve from that and enjoy the journey as much as possible. Uh, and to recognize also that everything works out. Everything has a way of working out at the end. So not to take life that seriously. Not to stay in those valleys and those dark moments that long. Recognize that everything, nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. Everything, tra- where where everything has everything transforms and changes. And once everything stops changing, that's when you flatline and you die. So recognizing that and enjoying the good times when they're here, really living them. And when there is bad times, kind of try to brace myself, you know, keep myself over the water and learn as I go along, so that. I don't repeat my mistakes and those situations.
0: Right. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently?
2: Honestly, I wouldn't, only because I have been uh, awakened for quite a little while now. I've been practicing my tools for over 10 years now. So I've been, you know, I'm uh, not afraid to tell people I love them and I don't hold grudges So that's the only thing. If I was living like that, I would tell people, do not hold garages, release, clear the air as often as you can. And if you're nervous and don't know how to do that, uh, obviously in my book, I have steps how to do that. The first chapter is all about that. Clear the air with people, Uh, release, you know, free yourself, you know, free yourself to be able to really live with that love and peace from the inside out. Tell people you love them, tell people you forgive them and even if you don't like them even if they've done things that uh, have hurt you in the past recognize that they ha- they most likely don't do it on purpose and even if they do it on purpose if their physical self their ego based self does it on purpose recognize that that it's not through their authentic self and that's what i had to learn when people are being mean or malicious or being self-servant servitude they're doing it only for themselves they're acting out of their ego based heart and thoughts They're not through their authentic self. They're not connected. So I kind of forgive them and recognize they just don't know any better.
0: What are three things about life you know for sure as of today?
2: I know for sure that uh, there's more than what we see because I feel it all around me all the time. And I, I know without a doubt there is a God, the universe, there's some kind of orchestrated magical, invisible energy, a consciousness that we are all connected to, and that we are all connected, that I know for sure. Uh, so there was a couple of things there, obviously, that we're all connected, and there is a magical energy. Um, and other three things that, you know, eventually we all do align with that love, whether sometimes some people have to die first, but uh, even if, sometimes it takes it the deathbed, unfortunately. Uh, But once people reach their deathbed, I've had experiences where people then align and they're forgiving everybody and the love, their authentic self comes into the connection with what's happening around them. So we all align with that internal love, whether we we wait or not. And I've learned, and of course, why wait till we're dead? We could live heaven on earth. So uh, why not live heaven on earth? You know, make the choice right now to transform yourself, to live with love, to live with your authentic self, connect with yourself. And live, you know, have heaven on earth. Why wait till you pass away to recognize what you've missed out and apologize? Do everything you need to do. Don't be afraid.
0: What a wise message to put out there. Yeah. Live in peace. You don't have to rest in peace. Right.
2: Exactly. That's perfect. The way you said it. Yeah.
0: So true. It has been a meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for your presence, your wisdom. And um, my last question is about information. Um, where can we find information about your work, your books, services and future projects?
2: Yes, I want to thank you Tivoli. Thank you for inviting me and having me on your show. It's a pleasure. And uh, of course, my name is Maria Futas, and you could reach me. I am on Twitter, on Instagram. Facebook, and LinkedIn under Maria Foodis. That's F, like in Frank, U-D-A-S. That's my name. And I have a coaching, uh, Maria Foodis Coaching on Facebook that you could uh, like my page and follow inspirational messages I put on. I also have my website that you could go on to purchase the book or also soon I'll be launching um, my, my program that I do one-on-one sessions on now. And my website is, uh, you could go under mariafoodis.com or M F transformation.com and um you could buy my book there but my book is also sold on um, amazon also on apple books and anywhere really books are sold including my website and uh, you could buy it as an ebook um as well and like i said on apple books or on kindle and on amazon of course uh every it doesn't matter where you are in the world it's sold all over the world wonderful
0: thank you so much again Maria. and we'll talk soon thank you bye for now goodbye bye
1: you for listening to learn more about maria fudas please visit her website mftransformation.com to learn more about this podcast please visit fitforjoy.org
0: slash podcast i want to thank the patreon members Lawrence mcgrath mark basden terry clayton and aiden bigrock thank you again for listening and bye for now